these guys who just all they do is care about their looks and their Instagram followers and yeah. the smashing puss and clubbing and cars and protein powders. These guys are desperate to talk to someone about how they're feeling. episode of Girls Gotta Eat. Welcome back. We have a new Beyonce album. I know. We have been blessed. We have been blessed. Have you listened? I have listened. I listened. So you took a Beyonce walk. Yes. As soon as it came out. As soon Uh, as it came out. I mean, I guess it came out at midnight, but I, you know, I woke up and I did my walk around Montreal. You did Beyonce walk. um, And I felt like I was missing out. So then as soon as I started getting ready, I was was hungover. I put it on and you just got to listen back to back to back. I started at the beginning and went through it. It's definitely different. I mean, it's definitely not my favorite Beyonce album. It's probably not even top three, honestly, but... I just respect that she's doing what she wants to do. She's the queen. She can do whatever she wants. It feels like she's experimenting. It feels less curated than past albums. Like it almost feels chaotic in the best way. And I I love to see it. If anyone can respect that and try new things, it's us. And, you know, I'm coming around to it more and more as I listen to it. Like I didn't even love Break My Soul at first. And now I love it. The first time I heard it, we, I mean, we've talked about this in the show. You were like, you, I don't know what this is. And I was like, I well, can't believe she did this to us. And now I'm obsessed. No, I was like, this is sampling 90s house. And I didn't mm-hmm. see this coming. I knew exactly what it was. I knew it was Robin S. Show Me Love. I was just like, this is not what I expected from Beyonce. I just I don't need like a house album from her. But then, then I really came around to it. And I was like, this is the song we didn't know we needed. Ashley said that Then Beyonce the world started to fall apart. Needed. Yeah. I was like, this is, she knew we needed this. It's like, we're all just song. crying, singing like, you won't break my soul. <laughs> Played it at the show. Yeah. And I just, I don't know if you guys know this about me. I've probably said it before, is that The Shade Room is my favorite Instagram account that exists. And so there's just been, they're they're covering everything Beyonce. Like the people in The Shade Room comments are A, the most hilarious people on the internet, B, the most rational. Like I was talking to friends and I was like, if something happens, I go to The Shade Room to see what people are saying. And I'm almost always like, these people get it. And my friend was like, The Shade Room comment section is my arbiter of rationale. It feels less mean and it's funnier. It's it's less mean. It's funnier. It gives me hope for humanity. Like the <laughs> level of like just rational comments, but they're so like, there's no better place on the internet than the shade room comment section. And don't ruin it if you're listening to this. Actually, if you're 22, your name is I, Alexis and you're white, don't go there. I don't <laughs> ruin the shade. I don't comment. It's really not my, my space. I just, I'm there. Like, I, I like a lot and I like comments, but I'm like, they don't need me. In you're here. like that meme. It's the girls peeking around the corner. They don't need this white girl named Ashley in their comments. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want everybody to feel supported. I will go through and like like 10 comments. You like comments? You're of one course of I like comments. <laughs> Somebody sees this verified account with hundreds of thousands of followers like their comment. That is so funny. I'm still holding down my corner of the internet, which is trolling Tristan Thompson. <laughs> I don't do anything else uh, besides leave comments. I find I was damning with comments by celebs. I was like, they're talking to me. And I, they said something funny. Like, if you want a great workout, just read like the comment, read like Tristan Thompson and information on the internet. And you'll like work out so hard. And I was like, I've never related. Oh, because you get mad or anything. Yeah. You're fueled. 
Okay, and this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash gg. So you know if you listen to the show that we are such fans of therapy and anything that can really improve your mental health and get you to a better place where you are loving and enjoying your life more and spending the time the way you want to. A lot of people spend their lives wishing they had more time, but the question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. So therapy can really help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. It's so helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, empowering you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma, etc. It helps you with your relationships, whether romantic, friendships, family, all the things. So we really cannot recommend it enough. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and then switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So again, check out BetterHelp, see if it works for you, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash GGE today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash GGE. Just up top, we will tell you about Vibes Only, which is our other company. It is our sex toy company and Bluetooth connected app. We have such a big announcement. I feel like I'm going to cry. You guys, the Reina is here. It is ready to ship out. You can go to the website, go to vibesonly.com. This is the greatest orgasm you are ever going to have. It is a dual ended vibrator. It has a clit sucker on one. It has a vibrator on the other. And you can bend it. You can put it inside of you. It's a great partner tool. It is our number one seller. It's sold out mm-hmm. immediately. Immediately. It's sold out in like a week. Yes. Every person that's gotten it has been like I've never come this hard. I squirted for the first time. I haven't left the house. I, in I gave birth. Days. Yeah, she named her daughter Raina. <laughs> We're just so proud of this. Yes. I have never seen a toy like this. I have a drawer full of sex toys. We have never seen anything like this. It is so special. Every person who's just lost their mind. So, um, we think it's going to sell out really quickly. Um, we have limited quantities. So go to the website vibesonly.com. Grab the Raina. Grab the new blowjob gels we have in stock. Mm-hmm. There's a mango flavor. There's a lube. We have another flavor coming as well. It's going to be vanilla frosting for the below gel get yes. the ashley get the gg um we have an unbelievable product line you guys are gonna love it yes yes get the reno we both love it so much obviously but listen the ashley is still holding it down strong <laughs> and steady people are out here telling me about the orgasms every single day i use it every single day <laughs> i don't leave home without it and uh that's incredible too so get them all honestly at least get the ashley and the reina yeah, at this point but we we love them all and then we mentioned vanilla frosting it is going to be just a couple weeks so the vanilla frosting blow gel is coming soon we'll keep you guys up Updated. And uh, of course, we have this app. So your vibes only vibrators pair to the app via Bluetooth, really easy. And you get in there and you can listen to these erotic stories, experiences, and then your vibrator pairs to it. So it kind of goes along with the story. So it goes up, it goes down, it rumbles. They do the work for you and they really get you off like nothing before. And we just have so many incredible stories. This new BDSM series, I it's there. Part one is in there. The Affair part one is in there. And then new as of last... Last week, the stepbrother is back. It is dirty. I mean, just because you know it's your stepbrother. And so that one's great. And there's just so much more coming soon. We are going to have the flight delay. Part two is going to be coming soon. We have an upcoming salsa instructor. A little dirty dancing. And of course, there is this video component. 
Raina can tell you about. Oh yeah, there's a whole library of videos, uh, all sex dating relationship content stuff. It's a little naughty for the internet. Uh, we put on our app. Tons of former guests are on there telling you about how to date better, fuck better. Um, Ashley and I are on there. Ashley has a great one on there about how to sext really well. It's so fun. I have one on there about giving better blowjobs. It's just a really fun library of videos. So um, the app has a three day free trial if you want to try that in the app store. We're working on Android, of course, um, and. And in the meantime, sign up. They pair really well together. You don't need the toys for the app or the app for the toys, but they work together perfectly. Yeah. So speaking of people that are in the app, I just wanted to throw out a plug um, from one of our former guests. You guys absolutely loved her episode. Her name is Logan Yuri. She is a data scientist. She is a director of relationship scientist at Hinge. So she teaches courses. You can sign up for them. Um, it's called Propel. It's a live application-only online dating course. It's designed to help you jumpstart your dating life in two weeks. She is so smart. She's so great to listen to. She wrote a book called How to Not Die Alone, which I loved. We loved her episode. Um, there's a limited number of slots, but she basically talks to you um, if you're sick of dating, you're ready for a long-term relationship, if you feel stuck in your dating life, if you want sort of more tried and true methods for dating. So you guys can go to her website and sign up. Um, applications are now open and then they close on Friday the 12th and she has an info session tomorrow, which is Tuesday at her website, loganyuri.com. Yeah, so hop on loganyuri.com, see what this is all about. We really trust her and recommend her. So she's great. Uh, and yeah, we just got back from Montreal. Yes, we were in Montreal for JFL Just for Laughs. It was our 40th anniversary. We were so honored to be there and be included and just had, you know, three full days of hanging out with our comedian friends and we had an incredible show. The strippers went totally rogue. They were wild. Our friends were there and it, it was just like a really fun time. So yeah, I don't really have much else to say about JFL. I walked into the hotel lobby with Ashley. We're like, checking in. So I slept with somebody a few years ago when I was there, like three years ago. And I we've never like talked after that. We just slept together. Um, and that was it. That was the end of the experience. Um, so we've never like spoken since then. And I was like, I wonder if he's going to be there. I wonder if I'm going to see if he's going to remember me. And we like fucked at two o'clock in the morning, blacked yeah. out. Um, and we walked into the lobby and Ashley was like, Brandon, standing behind you. And I was so nervous. I was I, like, am I going to say, is he going to recognize me? Like, uh, so then I started like drawing a lot of attention to myself and like laughing too hard with like the front desk guy. Um, and he like came up and like hugged me and was like so nice and joking oh, he's around. So nice. He's so hot. He's so hot. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe he's just right here. <laughs> it's really the most fun experience because it's a summer camp for comedians mm -hmm. and we're all like in the same hotel and you just see like every day on our show, we had special guests, uh, our friend Marcelo. He, he opened the show, he brought us out and then we had Chris Stefano and Mateo lane and but it's so fun to just be running around Montreal it's all kind of in this like one main area and then we're in the hotel and so we're just like running into people every morning in the lobby there was like after parties at night really fun after party in the last night it was just it's so fun mm -hmm. it truly feels like when I would go when I was younger and I would go to like a basketball camp I felt like such a fish out of water because I sucked at basketball and everyone was like felt like they were in on something they knew each other and I just was like I hate this I hate being here I can't believe my parents did this to me <laughs> and it feels like I'm finally I finally fit in the these, these are like my people. Yes. I'm like part of the cool kids. <laughs> it really was fun. Um, that's it. It's, I mean, it's our last show for a while. We have um, a lot of shows coming together, getting lined up. We talked to our agents today. So we're excited to announce that to you guys when they're ready. Um, but in the meantime, if you came out, thanks guys. It was fun. So we fly back from JFL or we're in the Montreal airport and we are going through like customs. Like we'd already checked in and we had to go through like passport control. And 
you guys know, you know what it's like to travel. So I'm like in the line. We'd been waiting in line maybe like 10 minutes. And then the next agent calls me up to the desk to look at my passport before we could go through and go to our gate. And he checks my passport. He was like, are you, you know, what are you here for? And I'm like, he's pretty hot. He's this bald guy. I get a glimpse of his tattoos. And then he was like, are you here for, for work or for vacation? I was like, work. Uh, I was here for the Just for Laughs festival. Um, and he was like, what do you do? I was like, I'm a comedian. And he is like looking at me and he was like, well, can I, can I ask you something? I was like, okay. I'm like, am I in trouble? You know, like this isn't one of those situations. Uh-huh. It's like the cops. And so he was like, are you on Instagram? I was like, what? So let me just tell you what's happening from my point of view at this point. Ashley and I get separated. I go through another line. I'm talking to this other border control cop and (laughs) he is also like telling jokes to me and I'm like, is this even allowed? I'm like, that was weird. So I walk through and I'm waiting for Ashley. This is taking like a long time and I look over and they're just like yucking it up (laughs) and I start filming it. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm allowed to do this. Raina, first of all, she cock blocked me. She's swooped in. Bald and had tattoos. Yeah, like I was hitting off with this guy. He was like, "What's <laughs> what's your podcast?" He's looking it up on the work computer. I'm like, "Is this even allowed? Are you looking this up on the place where you scan the passports?" And finally, Raina comes over. Then he's talking to both of us, and then we were telling about our show. And then I showed him the video of the stripper picking me up, and like, and I was like, "I have handcuffs on, so I'm not participating." And I realized that we're there for like 15 minutes, and I'm like is this legal? Like he's not, there's a hundred people like there's in people line. in line. He was like, I'm almost, um, you know, up here in Montreal. It's like part of my tour. And I was like, oh, you're on tour too. Like you get it. And we were like joking <laughs> about being on tour, I guess because it's a military thing. I don't know anything about it. I don't but he's original, he lives in Tampa. And I was like, well, you know, Raina loves the guy from Tampa. <laughs> and I was like, I was really into the security guard when we were in Tampa last time, border control, Chris. It's, it was just funny that he really honed in on me. And Raina was like, Oh, hell no. A bald, tattooed <laughs> bouncer? Security guard. Security guard. <laughs> Passport bouncer. Also, he didn't know about me yet, okay? And so I had to go over and make myself known. You've been getting a lot of attention lately, and I would like some. He has not followed. I don't know if he's been listening my so much. <laughs> Chris, if Chris, you're listening. Chris, you reach out? <laughs> I tried to find I, him on the internet. There was a point where I was internet. like, are we allowed to... What is, where's, his bo- where's his boss? At no point. There weren't that many border control agents there. There was maybe like five for like probably literally 80 people in line and we're just yucking it up on the internet. He had no sense of urgency to keep it moving. He was like, he I'm going to look around. I like, think am I going to get in trouble? exited the situation yeah. before he even asked us to. He, we could have stood there all day. I filibustered that situation. When he long started to look up the podcast on like on his work the official government computer. <laughs> <laughs> the place where they make sure you're not a terrorist. He's like, let me Google this podcast. I don't know. I did check a lot to see if he DM'd me. And I looked him up and I couldn't find him. Because we didn't know his last name. We're not going to say it. We're not going to put him on blast. No. He might get fired. His, his last name was hot too. It was. It was hot and it was like not as common. So Chris, border control Chris, if you're like Is border control the right term? What would it be? Passport control. Isn't that the same thing? Like the signs say border control when you land. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Well, Chris, DM us and set us straight. Yeah, if you're listening. Let us know what, you, what title you prefer. Yeah. Let us know what to yell out in bed. <laughs> 
Okay. Thank you to Helix for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. Go to helixsleep.com slash GGE. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Use code HELIXPARTNER20, and you'll get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. You guys know how obsessed we are with Helix. Both of us have multiple Helix mattresses. It's all we sleep on. I have made sure that my parents have one, my brother has one, my boyfriend has one. I just refuse to go anywhere and not sleep on a Helix mattress. That is how obsessed we are. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which we love. We have the Lux Collection mattresses, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So for everyone in the family, and you're just going to take their quiz, which is really fun, and then they will give you your personalized mattress recommendation. It's going to be shipped straight to your door free of charge. You can try it out for 100 nights to make sure you love it, and then there's a 10 to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. We know everybody sleeps differently. You might sleep on your back, your side, roll around all night on your stomach, or you might want a soft, medium, or firm mattress. We are all so different. So that is why they offer really something for everyone. And so you're just going to order what works best for you, come straight to your door. You can sleep on it that night. You're going to love it. It will change your life. You'll get the best sleep of your life and you can thank us later. So Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash GGE and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer with Helix Better Sleep Starts Now. I think I read better when I'm drunk because I don't think about it. When you're drunk? I think that I just don't think I'm going to... So when I read When are you loud, reading drunk? I can't pick a time, but I feel like sober me is like, I'm going to fuck this up. I'm going to fuck this up. Like in, in high school, when the teacher called on you to read out loud, did you love it? Did yeah. you have any feelings about it? Loved I felt it. so stressed I out was like, I'm it. the best reader in this town. <laughs> well, you know, I'm like, I was reading chapter books at six. Six years, first grade chapter books. Like my teachers were blown away. They couldn't like put me in the... <laughs> They didn't even know what to do. They they didn't even know what to do with me. Like I won spelling bees. I was like this. Also, my mom was a librarian, but I, yeah, I was the sickest reader that's ever, Smyrna Delaware has ever seen. So of course, and I love attention. So reading out loud in class, nothing got me wetter than reading out loud in class. You know, it's kind of probably because I skip school a lot. That's why I can't read. Good. I love this segue because I have a book wreck. Oh, yes. Well, first of all, I'd finished a book that I do like called Funny You Should Ask by Alyssa Sussman. So I do like that book. I'm not like, this is the best book I've ever read, but I finished it and that says a lot. I don't read books that I'm not enjoying. So I really did like it. It's actually loosely based on an article that was written about Chris Evans from the journalist standpoint. So anyway, but Becca Freeman, who we love and has been on the show a long, long time ago and has the Bad on Paper podcast, which she used to do with Grace Atwood, but now she does it with another co-host. But she's my book guru. So we have the same taste. And so I anything she recommends, I buy it. I scan her Instagram and I buy what she says. So mm-hmm. that I basically was like, I finished Funny You Should Ask. What's next? Like, what's like a book that I'm missing that I haven't read? And she said, every summer after. And I was like, say less. I ordered it immediately. Like, someone tells me a book rec, I ordered it immediately. Well, she, you know, I like was at like the bookstore one day and I was just like live vlogging. Like, what about this one? What about this? And she's just great. She's, Whatever she recommends is great. I love it. So I posted, I had three books and I was like, which one should I start next? One of them was every summer after. Every single person was like, bitch, if you don't start every summer after. I was like, okay, say less. So, I mean, I picked it up. I read it in, I mean, most of it in like a day. And then we, we went to Montreal. And so I just finished it a couple days ago. But 
it's this love story. These this girl and this guy they meet when they're like thirteen, and then it's when they're thirty, and it goes back and forth. So like the first summer they meet, then to like current times, then the second summer, current times, it goes back and forth. Um, it takes place at the lake it, outside of Toronto. You know, it's funny because remember in Toronto, everyone was talking about cottages, and mm-hmm. like everyone has cottages outside of Toronto. <laughs> it's like yeah. the beach house of Toronto, and it takes place like a cottage on the lake. And I just loved it. I couldn't put it down, and I can't recommend it enough. So every summer after Carly Fortune is the author, and it is her debut book. I'm like, way to come out strong. Debut yeah, book, yeah. So it's New York New York Times bestseller. Anyway, that's I, if you're into like fiction and any any sort of romance. But I will say that I am been reading a little too much romance, reading too, a little too much love story, and I'm going to kind of take a break. We were talking about sometimes it just gets too much in your brain and you're like, I want that and it's it's not real. You know, like I, I've been hit with, with the sex content on the app and doing all of that and still editing that with the romance. It's just been a lot. I'm consumed by like love and sex, uh-huh. which is fine, but I, I just, I need to take, like Bella, we were talking with Bella Bella and she was like, I feel you on that and I will like read a crime next. Like I'll read like, a murder book next. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's what I need. I need men doing terrible things after the love stories. Like my brain is kind of getting a little too much romance in there. Um, that is the perfect segue into my recommendation. Oh, terrible my- things men do. I have two great racks out of Netflix right now. Um, one is feel bad and one is feel good. So you can just, you know, ebb and flow. You can edge yourself. Um, one is a docu-series, three episodes. It's called The Most Hated Man on the Internet. Oh my gosh. It's about um, this website called Is Anyone Up? I don't know if you guys remember it. It was from around 2012. This guy Hunter Moore started this revenge porn website and people were sending in photos of their girlfriends their ex-boyfriends he was posting their information online with the photos so names phone numbers addresses Facebook information I mean I have like full body chills just thinking about how sick and terrible this is Um, and it's an interesting story just about revenge porn but also this woman's daughter was posted on the show and she's just like a stay-at-home mom from California and she was like fuck this I'm gonna take him down and it was it's like uh-huh. her story like going after him getting the FBI involved like it's this incredible story of this like woman who was just like you can't do this to my child and mm-hmm. so it's three part episode uh, it'll get you really fired up it's pretty crazy and then the other one to make you guys feel good um, a Netflix another series called Street Food really great they pick um, I think six cities in the United States and then also um, Hawaii. So it's like Portland, New York, LA, just street food. They pick somebody to focus on in every city and then um, the street food throughout. It's really like I want to watch that on a plane. It's nice on a plane. <laughs> um, my That's favorite my- episodes are Miami, Portland. Start with Miami and Portland. Those okay. are my favorites. I love that. Um, and then I watch Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> The first one. I have never seen Twilight in my life. I told Ashley I was going to check it out. I was the way that you looked at me. I told you I'd never seen. I'd never seen a Twilight movie. The I'm, Twilight first movie is so good. Did you love it? I liked it. I'm still. I'm still Harry Potter camp, but okay. I feel like this is part of like the cultural lexicon. I have never been able to participate in. Well, so much of it is just the tension between them, like the the science class scenes. Like it to me, like it was just again. I got to take step back from this stuff. It's too much, too much romance, too many unrealistic love stories in my life right now filling my brain. But that was the best part. Like, will they, won't they, her trying to figure it out, him saving her from the car wreck. Like, I fucking love it. Anna Kendrick, like I just, she's- I didn't know she was in it. That was a surprise for me. And then, oh my God, when like- when they're in that like other town and like she goes to dinner with them and also like the soundtrack is incredible. I used to listen to the soundtrack on repeat and I- have seen them all. I've read most of the books. I can't remember what I've done with that. Actually, I think I kind of threw in the towel, but watched the movies. But like, mm-hmm. I like them all. I've seen them all. 
I nothing compares to that first Twilight. Well, I got the first one out of the way. I did it. Did the you like one. it? I well, you know what's funny? I like liked it. I didn't love it. And I was just the whole time. I, I was like, this is so angsty. I just wrote like relax, Robert Pattinson. Okay, just relax. God, but like it. then I was like in my mind, I was like talking shit. Like Harry Potter is so much better. And it's like a bunch of wizards in a castle like that. Like both well, why do we need to compare? Boring. Why do we need to pit them against each other? Everybody's one or the other. I'm Harry Potter. <laughs> I think people like both, but I feel like I'm so glad I finally had this milestone in my life because it's been a deficit forever. I've never known what any of the memes meant. Ugh, I'm, I'm going to put this on after this. <laughs> Pour myself a nice glass of red. One movie I watched, I, uh, I, was, I was with my my family in Delaware and I really just love watching TV and movies with my mom sitting on the couch. It's so like jealous. this weird thing of like, reminds me of quarantine, which was this like bonding experience. Like I love eating ice cream and watching Netflix with my mom on the couch. It's like my favorite thing to do. I'm jealous of the experience. <laughs> I want to come. So anytime you go without me, we you're landed. like, I'm just going to go. <laughs> you guys understand. We landed from Montreal. We just had a festival for three days. We'd been up till three o'clock in the morning, every night we landed Four. and actually yeah. drove straight. To yeah. Delaware. I was like, how am I doing this? But, um, I, I went to see a house that I, I just wasn't a fit and then just spent a lot of time with my family. But, um, persuasion on Netflix based on a Jane Austen, Austin novel, Dakota Johnson's the lead. It's a, it's a love story. Again, I'm trying to cut back, but it's, um, it's, and they do it in a humorous way. She talks to the camera straight mm-hmm. up like Carrie Bradshaw pilot for Sex and the City. Uh, and I love her. Huge Dakota Johnson fan. Uh, I think it's good. It's, it's fine. It's like, you probably know what's going to happen. It's a lot of that will they, won't they, angsty, like star-crossed lovers, old-timey. If you like Bridgerton, you'll like it. It's I good. watched the preview and I was no doubt in my mind I would like it. Yeah. The pre- even the preview on Netflix is like so cute. <laughs> I love Dakota Johnson It's so just much. an easy watch. Yeah. Um, but listen, again, need to get back to men doing terrible things. The most hated man Boys on the internet. Do doing it. terrible things. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about fuck boys. Oh, yeah. Okay. We have Nikki on today. Reina, I have a big, <laughs> big question for you. Fuckboy Island. Do you think New York City is the original fuckboy island? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they base the whole show off of it. What is the... What is actually Fuckboy Island? It's literally the island we live on. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. No, I feel like they based the show on this. There was that meme that was like, can we just take all these Are they trash guys and put them on an island? And we're like, <laughs> we live on that island. They did that. It's called New York. They literally did that. But we have Nikki on today and uh, we're talking about the show and her and catching up on her getting back with her ex which she's just very open with us as she always is we love it mm-hmm. um so before we jump in we wanted today's theme of course to be fuck boys so we asked you guys finish this sentence i knew he was a fuck boy when and you guys this might be one of my favorite questions so we've good. ever posted what people wrote was so funny <laughs> so do you want to kick it off oh sure i knew he was a fuck boy when quote unquote there's makeup wipes and face wash under the sink him thinking he's a good host. <sighs> We're not going to analyze all these. We don't have the time. Yeah. But this one, it goes either way because it's something Rob would do probably because he's just like a good host. But like this guy, uh-huh. those are some other girls. Yes. I feel like this could, this one could go either way. The next ones will bring you back. I was losing my virginity to him and he told me to arch my back more. <laughs> oh <laughs> my God. I, he's like, if I could enjoy this more, please. It makes me upset. I know. Well, you know the guy that I lost my virginity to made me be on top. I losing your virginity on top is insane. It's I'm an icon. Oh, I can't be stopped. He told me he didn't have Instagram, but I found it in 0.5 seconds. I mean, run like just blatant lie. Like you, mm-hmm. what, what's the point? He can take a better mirror selfie than me. <sighs> I don't want it. Uh, I go to someone's Instagram and it is 
more than one. I don't even want one. Yeah. Half of my page is mirror selfies. I don't want it on you. <laughs> exactly. Like that's the same. It's like, I don't have tattoos, but if I'm going to date a guy, he better, better have them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's my hypocritical toxic trait. Uh, hooked up with me and then six hours later takes another girl to his friend's wedding. Oh my gosh. He still had a Snapchat at 32 years old. I fucked that guy. <laughs> Only had Snapchat at 32. Does it, she just says he still had Snapchat at 32. Is that weird? I, As somebody who never really... Used I don't Snapchat, know I how to answer it. this. I don't think it's always a huge red flag, but I'm telling you that like I fucked a guy that was 32 and only had Snapchat. No other social. That feels, feels weird. It feels really weird. Yeah. He brought me a flower that he definitely just picked out on my neighbor's yard. <laughs> Listen, kind of funny. It's giving Zach Morris. I feel like my like boyfriend when I was 22 would do that because we didn't have any money. I think Zach Morris actually did that with Kelly. He walked into my apartment swiping on a dating app. <laughs> <laughs> but are you guys dating? Like... Also, I feel like I would do that accidentally. Like, just because you're bored? Yes, I feel uh-huh. like I would just be on looking at Raya and be like, oh, fuck, I forgot I'm on a date. Honest, like, how many people are on a date? Your date goes to the bathroom and you pick up a dating app. I did it last swiping. week. Tons of people do I that. I did it last week. Okay, so if it's fuck girl behavior also, I think it's okay. But if you're if someone's picking up for a date, they walk in swiping, they're an asshole and they want you to know. I'm talking like, I, you know, we have a we have some downtime and I, I pulled that out because it was natural. Well, my question is, why would you know that? Like, why is this person allowed you the, to know yes, that? Yeah. Um, I have a girlfriend who was like away with this guy for the weekend and she said his dating app stuff kept popping up. And then she said, I said something to him about it. It was like uncomfortable. Like she's like, I don't think I'm the only girl in his life, but like put your phone away. I know. And she was like, he just left it out the whole time. No, I on mean, the table away for the weekend means that there it's, there's something more serious there. If I'm on a date with somebody, a first date and we met on an app and I see notification pop up of an app, that's fine. I didn't expect you to change your notification settings for this first date, totally. but like we're on a weekend together, turn them off. Yeah. If you have allowed me to see that, it feels on purpose. Like the first one, accident. Oh my God, I'm embarrassed. Then get in there and fix your settings. I don't, it's rude. Especially if I have to say something to you about it. Yeah. It's like, I'm all sad. I'm not fixing it. So yeah, that's shitty. That sucks. He told me he wanted to get back together and then started messaging my friends on Hinge. Uh, He asked me, he asked me how much money I made and told me I was at the poverty poverty level. And then she says, I made $70,000 a year. That's just somebody that just like wants to flex about how successful they are. It's insane to like yeah. Um, I knew he was a fuckboy because I tested positive for chlamydia. Um, I'm sorry, girl. Uh, started dating the girl he told me not to worry about. Mm. The last guy I dated was never worried about anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not enough of a fuck girl. Um, lied about his grandparents dying and needing space. He was actually going on Tinder dates. Yikes. He made me park my car in his garage so no one would know I was at his house to hook up. That's crazy. If yeah. somebody's making you hide your car, don't do don't it. Don't go there. Unless you were like, that's what you sign up for. He and you're told- like, it's a secret and I'm down with that. But no. We probably have a story for that in the app. Mm-hmm. Um, he told me he was in love with me and then he said it was a joke the next day. What? Uh, he saw me out when he was with his family and pretended like he didn't know who I was. Oh my God, that like hurts. I felt that one. A guy did that to me in college. It like really hurt my feelings. Yeah. Um, this is crazy, disgusting behavior. Uh, he posted me on his story, but I couldn't see it. I said, so how long have I been blocked? Why did he block her? 
so that he like she wouldn't see like what he was doing. Um, and then la- the last one, I left an earring at his apartment and asked him for it back. He gave me another girl's earring. That is crazy. Amen. All right, I'll round it out. He made out with another girl in front of me. Yeah, that'll do it. He saved my contact under baby because he doesn't know your name. He pulled out his... <laughs> Oh, this this makes me sick. He pulled out his phone, flash on to video me giving him head. I mean, if you haven't consented to that, this is like such a violation. Are you fucking serious? Um, when I first moved to New York, I was 22 and some guy was like fucking me from behind and he pulled out the no. flashlight on his phone and no. I got out of there I, so quickly. I am ruining your life. Yes. I am calling my brother. <laughs> I'm putting you on the internet. You're this is it's over for uh-huh. you. And I remember being like so embarrassed. I was like too young to even like know sick. what the fuck to do. But sick. yeah, get the fuck out of there. My name in his phone was Katie Blonde Short. <laughs> How many people do you think I'm in their phone? I know, but, a blonde short? but like we do this too. I don't think that's so fuckboy. I think sometimes also yeah. like we just meet a lot of people on dating apps. And yeah. That's what in your phone and, and I think it's one of those funny things. If you end up like getting married, you keep it like keep that. It's it. very funny. Also, blonde and short is not derogatory. There's so many Katie's out there too. Mm-hmm. Okay. He said condoms don't fit him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There are condoms out there for everybody. I'm just going to say it. Um, <laughs> even the bartenders were telling me not to waste my time. Yeah. If, if you have like service industry people telling you like, don't do it, girl. As a former service industry person who has no, had no morals my whole time, if they're telling if you. If they're telling you, yes. He had those Navy sheets. And lastly, <laughs> he goes to any SEC school, period, end of story. I love it. As an ACC girl, fuck any guy who went to an SEC school. <laughs> Navy that? sheets. Um, Navy my sheets. dad has Navy sheets. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to add one in if he has. <laughs> If he has anything in his apartment that says Saturdays are for the boys. <laughs> my dad is that too. He's 75. That's over the TV. <laughs> no, but he probably... My dad gives Saturday for this for the boys energy. Okay. So I love gift giving at this time of year, but when finding great gifts, things can really start to add up. And that's why this season I am shopping with Quince. Quince is the go-to place for luxury essentials at affordable prices for everyone on my list, including myself. We'd like to thank Quince for supporting our show. Go to quince.com slash GGE to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your order. So I'm really, really glad I found this company and this site. Everything is so affordable, but looks really luxury. Uh, So as you're perusing it, they have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters. They have washable silk tops and dresses. They have cotton sweaters and all kinds of comfy stuff, like just cozy pants that you can wear. I love the colors. I love the styles. But the prices are really the reason to shop here on top of obviously the selection. Prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So it's unbelievable. It partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman and it just passes the savings directly on to you from Quince. And I just love what they're doing. I love the styles. There's so much variety and it is such a one-stop shop, whether you're shopping for kids, your significant other, your parents, anybody will really love this. You can get affordable luxury for everyone on your list with Quince. Go to quince.com slash GGE to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash GGE for free shipping and 365 day returns. 
Okay, time for Nikki. Okay, guys, we are so excited to welcome back a repeat guest of the show. We are so happy to have her. She is a stand-up comedian, an actress, a podcast host, a radio host, a television host. You've seen her on the Comedy Central roast, multiple specials on Netflix and HBO, on Dancing with the Stars. She is, <laughs> she is the star of the reality show. Welcome home, Nikki Glazer on E! She is the host of multiple seasons of F-Boy Island. Please welcome to the show, Nicole Renee Glazer. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, someone gets it right. Nicole. All these years. Hello, Nicole. Yeah, that's my real name. Can your next special be called Nicole Renee? Is just- I, sh- I think it should be. I just, I literally wrote my mom yesterday saying, why did you do this to me? Because all, everything... I have all my, you know, IDs have Nicole Renee Glazer on them. You know, Renee is my middle name, but it's Nicole Glazer. And it's always a pain in the ass. And I've never once in my life been called Nicole. Not even once. Not even. I'm not going to ask you, like, not sternly by my mom when she's like mad at me. It's never, it's never been used. And I asked her this weekend, I go, why did you do this? And I think they just thought I might not want to be a stripper or something. (laughs) If I wanted to be a a barrister or something, I don't know. My mom just had a dream of me not being Nikki was always her goal, but you just can't, you can't put that on a birth certificate. So, yeah. Do you guys have longer n- Ashley and Raina? No, those no, are just your and names. I'm so those jealous of names. people that get nicknames. Like I don't have nobody. Three Ray people Ray? in my life call me Ray. Um, nobody calls me Nana except for in the bedroom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah Nana. My, mom, my mom calls me Rainy, but only when oh, she's that's really cute. not mad at me. I know. Well, I'm so out. jealous of people who have nicknames. I know, well, something happened. This happened in college. My middle name is Joy. And it's, it's Ashley Joy, whatever. So, but somehow along the lines in this, it got turned to Joe. Like the, no, like it was Ashley (laughs) Joe, which just sounds country. And like, I can't with like a double name. So like there there was a couple of times in college when they were doing roll call and they were like, Ashley Joe. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And I went to school in the South. So people just assumed it was like Ashley Joe, Ashley Joe. Ashley Joe. Mortifying. But like a lot of people did stuff with Heseltine. That's like a lot of nicknames, which, which I feel like you sometimes say glazed dog. And I'm like, yeah. That. I call myself that. I really want that to catch on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so not my vibe. I'm so like not ex, like or your ex or whatever he is. He I feel like he calls he you. He calls that. me Glaze, but I actually I recently was like, can you not do that? Because it's too buddy buddy. Like he thinks it's an endearing thing. And I do like it. Like it's it feels platonic. It feels platonic. And he's like, but I thought you liked it. And I'm like, I do, but it sometimes feels I want you. Can you just try babe? Because I call him babe. <laughs> I love a babe and he's not, he's not going for the babe. He just says glaze (laughs) and he's trying to break himself of the habit because he knows it like kind of doesn't um, turn me on that much. Yeah. But it's, it is sweet. And um, yeah. And I don't know. I just, I feel like I just have to pick my battles and that's one I'm like, he's just, he's not doing it to be mean. It might make me feel a little bit like a bud, but in every other way, he does not make me feel like a bud. I think it breeds familiarity and that's what he's going for. I mean, I don't think that of a bro, anything besides bro. Dude. My my last two exes never had any nicknames for me. And I think that's because they're not creative to come up with one. I was always really disappointed. (laughs) Have you ever ever longed for like a babe or a baby or like everybody calls me that, but I'm a foot shorter than you guys. I I love it. I look like a boy. Yeah, boys like that. Like a boyfriend. Okay, everybody calls me that, but I'm little. People are just like she looks like a baby. Oh well, that seems nice too. I think that's maybe why I want it too because I'm tall, and so I've never been like I'm 
widow. Like my boyfriend's <laughs> shorter than me and I've always wanted to be a widow baby. So, okay, let's just catch up on your life. And I am yeah. dying to know where you guys stand. This is like your longtime ex. If you guys watched Nikki show on E, you saw him. And mm-hmm. so I, I saw him recently in your Instagram story. Yes. I, like, so I'm just, we got to know. Yeah. So if you would have asked me a week and a half ago, I would have said we are broken up, but... As of now, we are so good. And I think it was our last breakup ever. Oh I really do. And we've broken up so many times in nine years since we started dating in April of 20, you know, uh, what, 13? And so, um, yeah, I think it's our last, like, I just, as embarrassing as it is, because we break up and get back together, we broke up though for five years in that nine years. Like, we were yeah. solidly not together. And we would maybe sleep together as friends. And then I would always catch feelings for him again because his penis would go inside me. And that's how women work. Yeah. And I would start being in love with him again. And he would be like, but I thought this was not what we wanted. And I'd be like, I don't know what I want. And then I would get heartbroken. And then so when we started dating again, I was living in St. Louis. He also moved back to St. Louis totally for separate reasons. And we didn't even meet in St. Louis. We met in New York. We both just happened to be from here. And um, I moved back because of the pandemic. He moved back for a radio job and he's always worked in TV behind the scenes, but he got a job on radio and he's mm-hmm. on the number one like radio show in, in St. Louis. And we just started hanging out as friends again. And I was kind of like, I don't really want to be friends with you because I just longed to touch him every time I was around him. And then I kind of was like, I want to hook up again. And he was like, I just don't think that's a good idea. And then some time passed. I, I met someone else. I kind of had this like romance that was like very short lived, but very intense and kind of like taught me what I want in a relationship and what I deserve. And I already knew he wasn't able to give me that based on our relationship in the past. So I knew he was like not the person for me at that time. And so I really was solidly like, I can hook up with you again. As long as we don't have sex, I could probably hook up with you again and not get attached because I know what I want in a relationship and it's not what you can give me and I can't give you what you need. But we were both in St. Louis. There's not really good dating here. We both have a great physical connection. So we started hooking up casually, but no sex, no P envy, but everything else pretty much because I was trying to protect my heart and it really worked to make us like connect on this new level that was not, there was something about not being able to do that, that made us like long for each other in this weird way and really built this affection and and like love for each other. That was just, it was, I mean, it was like Mormony, you know, like we just were so we were into each other and we, we had this one thing we couldn't do. Yeah. We were soaking. We weren't, we weren't even soaking. We didn't no, even I get know. that far where the friends <laughs> jump on the bed. So God doesn't get mad at you. It was just there. And, and the thing is, I always thought that technique of not sleeping with a guy was almost like he's got it. He's dying to know what your vagina feels like. And he'll just do anything to like get in there. This guy has been in there before. So it wasn't like I like had something we put in new walls or something, new, new flooring. It's the same. If anything, it's gotten worse. Since he was last in it. But there was something about, I said to him, the next person I have in there is someone who I see as my husband. And that is not an insult to you because you and I don't want to be that. Like, we just want to hook up and I just can't have anyone in there that I don't see. That's my husband hole. I told him. I just can't. The way you're talking about it. In this renovated home. It is like, yeah, like you're just, just checking into an Airbnb. Like I just can't have someone in here right now. No, I just, it's just too stressful. I haven't cleaned in so long. It's like, <laughs> I'm just shedding my my old life. It needs a coat of paint. It needs a yeah. wash job. Yeah. It's so tight in there that I just don't think that anyone can even fit. It's just so <laughs> little. Um, 
and it was interesting because he liked it. He kind of respected that there was this new version of me that was like, not that he ever thought I was like a slut that was like, and no, meaning that with no negative connotation that I would, I've never been good at really having sex or having casual sex. I always catch feelings. I always fall in love. And so when I told him, like, I don't plan on letting anyone in there with their penis unless they can go in with their hands and mouth and stuff, but no penis unless I see them as husband, it gave him like this. I, I can't speak for him, but it, our relationship just shifted. He kind of saw me in a different light of like, this is a woman who kind of has boundaries, knows what she wants. Huh. I feel safe with this woman. Like I'm not good enough for her. So I want to become good enough or I just at least want to hang around her more. And so we just, I don't know what happened, but he was kind of like, what would it take? And I'm like, well, I need, you know, I want a partner that's going to go to therapy. We started going to therapy before we were even a couple. We started going to couples therapy just to see if it would even work. And um, eventually we did make love and consummate it. And I was like, yeah, I could see this marrying this guy. So get on in, come <laughs> move on in. Oh my gosh. And, um, and then it was like, we were in love in a way that we haven't been before. Like I was fully so excited. It wasn't like, usually I sleep with guys before I'm in love with them. I think I'm in love with them. I think I've waited long enough, but this was a truly waited so long. And it was, it was like the first time all over again. And we've had sex a thousand times before that, you know, we lived together at one point, but it was so fresh, so exciting. And we both were obsessed with each other. And then things got difficult. And we recently broke, this was like January when we finally made it official. And my reality show kind of traces the whole thing that happens and, when the show was filming, we didn't even, we weren't even able to like officially say we were together during the show, even though they desperately wanted that so, so we could have an ending. And we were like, we can't give that to you. No, we're not going to fake this for the show. Mm -hmm. And so later on, we were like, yeah, we're official. And then we broke up a couple of weeks ago because of just differences of what we wanted our future to look like that we didn't really talk about. And we were both we've broken up so many times in the past and it's always been like, I'm going to download Bumble right now and I'm going to get on Raya and I'm going to follow up with every guy that I've ever even put out a little like hint out to. Like, I can't wait for this to be over. I hate him. Those have been the past breakups, but this one I was like deeply sad, but understood it, mourned it, was like wishing him the best. And then he came back around and was like, I shouldn't have walked out of that room that day and here's what I'm going to do about it and here's what I think we should do about it. And now and we kind of like cleared the air about a bunch of stuff that we weren't oh saying gosh. and yeah I think I just had to take I think I've been the one always kind of personifying him as the one that's being avoidant because I think that's just an easy role to, for women to fall into especially comedically to be like the ones that are chasing the guys and like oh I can't get a guy it's just an easy you know archetype to fall into comedically I think and I think I thought I was like that but I'm really the one that's scared of commitment like I choose guys that don't want a commitment because I am scared of never having anyone new never getting another crush I long crushes are like if if you could buy crushes on the street I would be on skid row right now I wouldn't have yeah. a career the feeling of having a guy that you like and he's watching your Instagram story and your arms touch and you both leave it and you're like oh my god he likes me like and yeah. all of that build up that is I cannot believe people sign up to never have that again the rest of their lives when they get married <laughs> Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what most people want is the forever. They back. want that forever, but it's not. But why realistic. do we all rush to get married? Because women always go, don't worry. I'm married, but I still have crushes. I still flirt. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not interested in any flirtation unless it can actually consummate. Like mm -hmm. it makes you feel alive. I think it makes people yes. like, feel like they're still desired and it's exciting. And, but I, I don't want to flirt unless I'm like, I could fuck this guy. But for some reason I now get it because I'm like, this, whatever I'm experiencing now, this deep love of like having a partner, having a teammate, being on a team with someone, 
it makes up for never having that feeling again. I think I kind of look at it like I look at drinking. Like I getting drunk was the best feeling I've ever felt in my life at that point when I first drank. And I was like, oh my God, I'll never not want to do this. How could anyone, this is the best feeling I ever felt. And I still maintain it was the best. But when I quit drinking, I was like, I kept telling myself, you had your fun. Like you did everything you could do with that. And I have to just say goodbye to those crushes too. You know, like I had my fun. I remember what it felt like. I can still write about it. I can still access it. I can still relive it through hearing my friends tell us stories of it or watching movies. But I might not never, I might never feel that again because I'm trading it for this deeper love that I've heard about and always rolled my eyes out. And now I'm kind of feeling it. Well, there's trade-offs to every decision, right? I mean, no no thing is, is everything and it's all hard. And I think that you just pick what kind of hard you want or what kind of life you want. What's, what's more important. And I love running around. That's so fun. Like I love sleeping around. I love dating, but the stability of somebody is also really nice. It's just trade-off. Yes. I mean, it's a good comparison to drinking because you're like, well, this is so fun. I love this feeling, but I also have anxiety surrounding it and there's like hangovers and stuff. So like crushes and new things, they come with a bunch of anxiety and is he going to text me and all that stuff. And so it's like, it's almost, it's really painful. Yeah. It really is similar. I think you're right. Like the, the pain I've, when I have been single, I, I had a glimpse of it. Like the week that I was single, I think that there were maybe, I, I didn't download the apps. I wasn't really putting myself out there, but there were things that I thought, oh my God, as soon as anyone gets a sense I'm single, they're going to come running. But all the people that I kind of thought would, no one did. And it was almost like they want me when I was not able to be had. And as soon as they mm-hmm. sensed I was single, they drop off, stop watching my stories. And I'm like, wow, the world really isn't my oyster as much as I thought maybe it would be mm. if I got single because the people that I attract are generally those that are also avoidant and want people Mm -hmm. that they can't have because they don't really want to be had. Yeah, yeah, but it's interesting. I always thought my boyfriend was avoidant and that I was the one that was anxious and like needing him and please, but it was really... I think it was me all along. I was really scared of commitment because I'm, <laughs> yeah. a com- I mean, why, of course we're scared of commitment. Look at our lives. Like we don't have anyone telling us what to do. We do our own thing. We create our own business. We literally stand on a stage with a microphone and no one else can talk. Like we're not someone who works well. I mean, obviously you guys have worked well in a partnership, but it's gotta be on our, it's, it's hard to have someone else in your life and to also commit to something forever. I love the fact that stand-up comedy, it can change. I can do different things. Like I don't want to climb a ladder. I want to like make my own, you know, mm-hmm. jungle gym, I guess. I have a question. We don't have to like keep beating this relationship, but um, we've done, we've done um, episodes in the past about like getting back together with an ex and yeah. could you get back together with an ex and what's like the litmus test for whether it'll work out. So I'm just curious. I mean, obviously it sounds like you guys went to therapy, but was there something about this time that, and it sounds like you guys broke up a lot, but like, do you have a barometer yes. for like, can you get back together with an ex and why? Yeah. I, I don't know how people don't do it. I'm so impressed when people are like, no, I'm done. And I have a lot of embarrassment that I get, have really worked on getting through of breaking up, telling all my friends and then being like, we're back together, telling like my manager, even, you know, like people professionally. And they're like, really again. And I have to let that go because honestly, now I'm looking at my relationship and I'm like, I think we might have a stronger one because of all the fractures. Like we've had to repair each one and we've had to actually look into different therapies to like make us stronger. And I think a lot of couples that are just like, it's just easy from the beginning. It's always been easy. Nikki, you'll know when you know, cause it's just easy. All those <laughs> things you hear. I'm like, I've never felt that. Uh, what I'll say is to that is he is not the person I dated before. A hundred percent. And neither am I. Like mm-hmm. if we were, which we had done that before, gotten back together and we were the same people, it kept, we kept breaking up. And not to say that we didn't just break up a week ago, but I think now 
we've both proven like he was so anti, not anti-therapy, but just so no glimpses of ever exploring that kind of side of himself. And I think he was very black and white when it came to like things about me. And I'm someone who just changes my mind daily about things and kind of don't tell anyone that I've changed my mind. And then suddenly I'm like, yeah, I just changed my mind about that. And he's like, wait, what? I thought you were staunchly against that. So we're very different in that way. And I think that he's learned to forgive me for that and understand that it's a part of my personality and really, and I've learned to accept that he loves me because he's someone that can be judgmental at times. And I thought, oh, if he's judgmental of me, that means he hates me. And then I hate myself and I go into the self-loathing thing when really I can go, I can separate his judgmental side from being like, oh, that means his love. He doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. Now I just, I think I've been able to trust that he loves me, but it really, couples therapy is fucking legit, dude. And there's this type of couples ther- therapy called EFT that I just looked into and I'm about to start going with him. Emotionally Focused Therapy, created by Dr. Sue Johnson. She wrote a book called Hold Me Tight, which I did download based on the title because that's really all I've ever wanted in a relationship. (laughs) And it's apparently has a 70% efficacy rate of like, it's the only talk therapy that couples in long-term studies stay together once they've done this therapy. 70% of fractured couples stay together, which is like exponentially larger than any kind yeah. of other therapy. So if you're out there struggling, you might want to look into EFT and then there's a book called Hold Me Tight that you can like work on with your partner. And I mean, they've a guy has to agree to read a book called Hold Me Tight, but <laughs> you know, if you're worth it, they'll do it. Yeah. You know, if they oh, yeah, love yeah. you enough, they'll do it. I think a good lesson is I'm now ready to get deeper in this relationship and not be scared of committing further to him, which I would have been before because I did lose him a couple of weeks ago thinking it was forever gone. Mm-hmm. And I was okay. I was very, very sad, but I was okay. And yeah. so this fear of like, what am I going to do if I get even more invested? Like, I'll be okay. I'll like yeah. start writing songs. I'll enjoy mm-hmm. Taylor Swift a little bit more those months, yeah. you know? I'll be okay. And I think I just feared how devastated I would be, but it actually makes you better, I think. A better partner. Yeah, when you're not desperate yeah. and thinking like, if I lose this person, my world will end. So, yeah, but yeah. I think there's no shame in getting back with an ex. Absolutely not. Everyone else is like judgment of your relationship. Oh, you're getting back with them again. You're settling. Everyone fucking settles. The pilgrims settled. That's how we have a fucking nation. You have to, at some point, just go, this is the best I can do. Otherwise, <laughs> like everyone who's with anyone settled. People are like, no, he's my soulmate. I go, did you meet everyone you could possibly date? Yeah, yeah. No, of course not. Your soulmate probably lives in India, where most people are, or China. (laughs) Or China. So you're never going to meet them, and they speak a different language, but there is someone better for you than this guy you went to college with. But guess what? He's the best you can do, and you settled. But there's nothing wrong with that. There's certainly nothing wrong with going back. And I think a lot of times people don't go back to their ex because they don't want their friends to go like, no, don't. But your friends are just jealous. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, also, or they're concerned for your safety I mean if he hit you or something please do not go back of course and it's like that's the thing like he, he wasn't some abusive guy so it's like who cares exactly. like he's not like making me a worse version of myself he's not abusive so it's like I don't know I, ha- I look at it two different ways because I think there's this whole culture there's a very like romance novel culture of like getting back with someone you like you know the star-crossed lovers that you've been with before I just watched that fucking movie Persuasion on Netflix they were exes Ooh. like this is this Jane Austen romance novel they were exes they broke up for eight years she pined from the whole time they got back together and that's like a beautiful love story so it's like why is yours any 
different just because you so broke up every, more time. So why is everyone pathetic if you get back? It's not, it's not, bec- it's- I don't think like that at all. I don't know. I mean- I, Yeah, I'm glad to hear that because I think a lot, I carry that stigma of getting back because I just feel like my friends, first of all, you put your friends through so much when you're going through a breakup and you talk mm-hmm. so much shit and they are so, they have to comfort you and then you get back with the person that they helped you get over and you yeah. feel bad that you're returning this gift they gave you almost. Like, can I have the mm-hmm. receipt back, you know? So you feel bad, but it's really none of their business and a good friend will just want you to be happy. And so I, yeah. I've kind of tried, as as I do with everything in my life, which is my lifelong struggle that I'll take to the grave, not caring what other people think. Well, and it's, it's boundaries too. I mean, like my friend went through my ex with me for like, two years. I wouldn't put her through that again. I would make sure the relationship was healthier, A, but yes. B, draw some boundaries. Like it's not... Yes. So it's not that you're I friends. do not talk to my friends about my relationship in the way that I used to. But you, like right. I... Yeah. And yeah. I, it's been had to be clean slate and I've had to really amend for like how they may have perceived him before based on how angry I was and how much blame I didn't want to account for. And honestly... If you talk mad shit about your boyfriend to, you don't really respect them. Yes, I understand being angry and being a little bit like, you know, just not being the best version of yourself sometimes, but you really got to watch that. At least I have to watch that of just, not just even about guys, just anyone in general, like when you're Mm -hmm. angry talking shit, because it really is such a poison, but man, it feels good sometimes. It does. It does. But there's like such a boundary, there's such a boundary between like popping off, telling everybody we had this fight. I fucking hate this thing about him. And then finding the one or two people that you can find those things in. And I've always been conscious of it. I don't ever want to make my significant other look bad because I think it makes me look bad also. And I try yeah. to like take a beat a little bit. I mean, there's just, there's never going to be anything that happens. I don't tell Ashley or like my other right. one or two best friends. No, I, absolutely. I try to keep it tight. I, I wouldn't tell my brother stuff. Unless, don't take it on stage. Lesson learned. Lesson you know, learned. These, yeah. those don't take it on a podcast. Um, all, all right. right. Should we talk about F boy? Yes. Um, I am obsessed with this season. I liked the first season of F-Boy on HBO, which is out now. This finale just aired. But I love this season. I love all three leads. I love you guys brought people back from last season. Yes. Um, if you guys don't know the premise of the show, how many guys are there? Well, um, it's 13 F-Boys and 13 nice guys. It was 15, but we lost four. 15 nice guys and 50 F-Boys, but you lose some people along the way because you're in Cabo filming a show. And when these guys get eliminated early on, they get loose and then you lose them to the city. And we're during COVID. So we had to cut them out of the show. So it's 13 nice guys, 13 yes. F-Boys. And yeah, they go in and they they all claim to be nice guys, really. And the premise of the show is at the end, if a girl chooses a nice guy, she splits $100,000 with them. And if she chooses an F-Boy, that means the money will go to them. And the F-Boy then has control of the money to either split it with the girl and keep the relationship going that they have formed. The, which led them to the, get chosen at the end, or they can say that they were lying all along and take all the money for themselves. And it's so fun to watch because you guys start to let us know who's F boys and who are nice guys, which is nice. Yeah. When, Early like, on, we kind of give you a couple people, like mm-hmm. we let you know who's an F boy just from their interviews. Like you can just tell, like Mercedes right out of the gate. You're like, this guy is an F boy. It's right. the way he's talking. We he's like, talking about. No, yeah. Yeah. And then there are other guys where you're like, you really don't know. And even I 
don't know as the host because at the beginning I think I know I knew all of them, but there's 30 guys sitting in front of me. I they all look the same. All of their yeah. names are stupid. <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, these new Gen Z names that like their parents thought they were being creative. And so I can't commit any to them by to memory. So by the time episode six airs, where everyone reveals their identity, I truly have forgotten. Have forgotten, yeah, which is kind of fun for you. It's fun because I'm invested at that point and I and I really want people like Kian to be a nice guy and people like, you know, Jabrian to be a nice guy. Like I have invested interest in this and I get disappointed or Casey, please be a nice guy. Peter, please have changed and be a nice guy and not an F-boy, even though there's no freaking way that you've changed. Nothing happened. Nikki, you're, his, when he's, you put, you put this in your Instagram story. I have not been able to stop thinking about it. I think about it every day. (laughs) Peter, Peter Park, he, he said like my therapy sessions with Nikki have really helped. And Nikki is screaming at the TV. It was a sketch. And I was a sketch. First season, Peter Park. I can't stop thinking about it. We didn't, we do sketches where these guys shoot with me for five minutes. They, they come in. They shuffle them in. We do a fake therapy session to get a couple jokes out. But the jokes are born of me going like, why are you here? Like who hurt you? These kind of like kind of therapy leading questions that then we, we've written some lines for them, but we also, they say stupid things. So it's just always hilarious what they say. But Ashley, he was so serious when he said that he was not trying to make, he wasn't F-boying out and lying to Mia about like, I've changed Mia. You know, like my therapy session with Nikki, like really changed me. Like he honestly thought they changed him. That is how starved men are for talking about their fucking feelings. That a sketch where they jokingly talk about their feelings is enough to make them feel like they've done some groundwork. It really proved to me how desperate men are, especially F-boys. These guys who just all they do is care about their looks and their Instagram followers and yeah. just smashing puss and clubbing and cars and protein powders. These guys are desperate to talk to someone about how they're feeling. Mia, okay, during the taping, Mia had said to me, you know, off camera, they were setting up a scene. We're just waiting for, you know, some challenge to start. And Mia's like, hey, whatever you said to Peter last season, thank you. Because, <laughs> and I laughed because I go, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. All that help I gave him in Limbro, the made up place where we set up a, it's like an SNL sketch. And she, I thought she was joking, but she was serious because he had said it to her. He like, that is, there's a, an emergency for men to, to feel their feelings. I just, I I think it's so nice that like, it's so true. Like they're dying to talk to somebody because they get away with everything. No one holds them to task. I mean, you look at the finale, both of the guys that won Peter and Mercedes, every guy hated these people. Every guy warned these girls over and over. These are bad guys. There was so much evidence that they were not good guys. And they both won. And they won and they split the money and they did all the, you know, they did the right thing. They ended up being, you know, quote unquote, good guys. Yes. Or wanting to get laid after the show at some point. So they Mm -hmm. split them. You know, like they're going to make more money on the back end if they split the money. Yeah. You should know that like if you come across as a good guy, you're going to benefit later on in life. I mean, Garrett, when first season, when Garrett kept the money, I just couldn't, I was like, you have to go out in the world now and everyone knows you're a fucking liar and you're a sociopath. Like you have to go, you're a young man who has to, will always have this on his record of betraying this woman on live TV and betraying me, the host of the show. Like, but I think at that time I remember being like, oh, this is the Trump thing. Like, that's exactly what I thought of when you said that it was Donald Trump. The villain. Yeah. yeah. Like that no one cares. They like villains. So mm-hmm. these guys, Mercedes and 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 Peter, I think honestly thinks he's a good guy, you know, and he is a sweet, you know, just he's a model. These guys, when they're asked, like, why do you love Mia? I just think she's like a really independent woman. And I just like 
really respect her. It's like, these guys are so fucked up about wanting to come across as nice. They never give the girls what they truly want, which is like, you're fuckable. Like these girls still want to be told they're hot. Clearly their boobs are hanging out. Like they're, this show should be under boob Island. I mean, outfits are insane, but it's so funny because these girls are never getting the compliments on their bodies and their looks that they long for that. I long for as a woman, because these guys are so hung up on like, that would make them look like F boys. And it's like, no, you could still be a nice guy and want to fuck me. Stock compliments. Yeah. I, yes. I, that is an interesting Respect thing. Respect you. Like that's like, that's another overcorrection. Like I'm like, yes. can tell me I'm hot. Like, I don't feel degraded. I'm naked in front of you. Like, it's consensual. Yes. Give me, like, give me compliments. <laughs> well, that's why Louise didn't pick. What was his name? What's the comedian's name? Um, Benedict. Um, Benedict. I always want to say Sebastian. Uh, he Benedict. Does give yes. Sebastian. Um, why Benedict, does he give Sebastian? He just didn't. She, she, I loved her because she was like, "I have a box of costumes, and I want to hear that like that you want to be a freak." She with was me. trying to drag it out she of really him, and was. he was like, "I grew up with all women, and I'm trying to be respectful." She's like, "Don't respect me, disrespect me." Yeah, we are very complicated. <laughs> that we want to be respected, but we also don't. Like it, it would be very confusing to be a man and hear these mixed messages. But I do. If if there are men listening, I don't really know a single woman who doesn't want to hear she's fuckable in some way. But I mean, it's to me, it's like. Once you give the green flag, which is like yes. hooking up with them, physical, it's like oh now it's time to say some dirty shit to me. Oh right? my God. Women want to feel desired. Yeah. That is the number. Guys need to understand like the way to make a woman feel so special is that you crave her more than any woman in the room, in the world. We really mm-hmm. crave that. We crave feeling special and and very deeply desired, like almost animalistic desire. Is I don't know. I'm speaking for myself, I guess. Does that resonate with you guys to feel like a guy is just like I don't know what you do to me like I can't control it like there's something yes. very hot about it's, that that's all I want it's I want everybody to say yeah, every movie to do today. every it's show I care yeah about. it's what everybody wants and that's why we the Benedict couldn't get there because he yes. know he felt he know he know he thought she was so hot but he like couldn't yes. show it and she was begging yes for she was it. begging for she it. was like please look at the outfits she brought look what she wore to have yes ladies, which by the way that outfit that was a sexy you girl they were, oh my god they she was they're all so hot it's fucking so, insane I'm obsessed with all those girls you like slowly see me get the confidence that they have throughout the season like my <laughs> outfits get a little bit more sluttier as the season goes on because I start out being like I am older than them and I should dress differently and then they just they start I, they, they start getting that underboof confidence yeah um I have a question it might be kind of a loaded question but and we have lots of questions from people about the show but has your feeling about fuck boys and can you rehab a fuck boy changed since doing the show um did you come in with an idea of can you rehabilitate one and have you changed your mind? I absolutely think you can. And I think that it really has to do with guys that are just going through they're avoidant. You know, I think looking into the book Attached, if you want to really understand F-Boys is great. Like attachment theory of like anxious attachment styles, avoidant attachment, fearful, anxious. There's different attachment styles and like these guys are clearly all avoidant attached which means that something happened with their mothers or their fathers mostly their mothers that led them to feel like either smothered by their mothers or abandoned in some way so they have to be punitive with women because they've already been hurt by them or a first love hurt them. So these guys, I always say the F stands for fragile because these boys have just been hurt 
and they have not gotten to their deep um, feeling of inadequacy. Really, I mean, these guys who work so hard on their bodies, I mean, their bodies, every guy I talk to is like, this show makes me feel so insecure. It makes me body dysmorphic. And I'm like, I really hope you don't feel that way because although these bodies are impressive, know that for me at least, and I think for women who have a head on their shoulders, Yes, these guys are nice to look at, but I don't want a boyfriend that works on his body this much. He uh, will not be able to see, hang out with you. All he's going to eat no. is grilled chicken breasts, boiled chicken and broccoli and protein. He's going to have one of those little cups that he shakes with a spring in it. These guys are not going to have time yeah. for you because they're hungry and they're obsessed with themselves. It's a low self-esteem. And I think that these guys, I think these guys can change, but it takes therapy and I've seen it happen. And it's, yeah, I, I know it. I used to be a fuck girl. I think avoid it and not wanting to get in relationships and like convince guys I really liked them because I actually thought I really liked them and then as soon as they would like me I'd go ugh gross and I would change my mind and mm-hmm. they would be like you do this to guys Nikki you fuck with them and I'd go no I really thought I liked you I can't help that I stopped that happens to guys too where they don't even know they're gonna not like you as soon as you start liking them and they switch and you go you knew this you tricked me all along I slept with you and then you stopped liking me they don't even know they're gonna they think they want to keep liking you but they can't help it because they feel they don't deserve love so you liking them suddenly makes them very very deeply uncomfortable. And right. so it just takes therapy and it takes like someone doing more than listening to like two Joe Rogan podcasts where they learn a breathing method that they try once or twice and go oh and fixed. Well, and also there's, I mean, that goes without saying that there's full blown narcissists, sociopaths, but just like a lot of, Absolutely. and which, and, and then some of them can definitely get misconstrued, but like, yes, there are definitely these guys, which it does appear that, you know, whatever it's reality TV, but who knows what's completely real, but it look, it, it appears like the guys that are on the show are kind of this type that we've been talking about. They've yeah, they're young. Some way they think it's cool to act like that, but like they actually have feelings. They actually don't seem like narcissists or so. Oh, I watched this show with my boyfriend and I just go, Oh, Danny, he's so hurt. And he goes, This guy is a liar and he just thinks he's so cool. And I go, He goes, Come on. And I think it makes my boyfriend feel a little unsafe that I'm so duped and like feel so, like, (laughs) feel so much for these guys. But I'm like, I I love the F boys more than the nice guys because you take the nice guys at their word. I mean, and they most of them are nice guys and they say they are. But the F boys, there's something I like about their honesty and about the fact that they can kind of say they've been hurt and they all have been so deeply hurt. And not that it's an excuse by any means, but I do shrink them down to like, you can see them as a little boy and something happened to them. I feel like it's important to acknowledge that, but I, I do not have a savior complex. And I feel like mm. I'm not saying you do, but I, I do. Think, I think we can see people like this <laughs> and we can feel bad and we can feel like maybe their college girlfriend fucked them up or their mom fucked them up. Yes. But at the end of the day, you have to protect yourself and you can't go into any relationship, no matter what the thing is, thinking I will change this person. I will no. save them. Come back to me when you've done the work. Yeah, like, I'm kind of I mean, like, come back to me when you're... That, that's that's it. The, I realized the only F-boy deterrent is a woman with boundaries and confidence. That's the only way a guy will go, wait a second, so this girl isn't putting up with this? Okay, I got to change myself. That's the only way a guy is going to change is not for you to like wait for him to change or to hold his hand through it, to go... I don't actually don't tolerate anything even close to what you're doing. And I won't talk to you again until you get it together. And that has really helped me avoid a lot of hurt in my life is by doing the harder thing where I want to hold the guy, hold the guy's hand through breaking Mm -hmm. up with his girlfriend so he can be with me or like hold his hand through going to therapy. And like with my boyfriend, like, 
us going to therapy together was not us holding me holding his hand through his therapy. It was That's us different. going as a joint. Yes. And like his own therapy, like I was like, I'd love for you to go, but it's none of my business. And that's been the way it's been. I don't even know if he goes. I just know that I'm seeing results that, you know, lead me to believe he's actually going. So yeah, there's boundaries are the only F boy kryptonite. And the the confidence, like you said, I'm not going to name any names, but I mean, of the six girls we've seen now in the two seasons, you can tell which ones are more insecure and which ones are like dying for this validation. And they're saying a lot of things that I would never say now. I probably did when I was younger in my twenties and they're younger than me, but you can feel their insecurity coming through. So the guys can feel that. It works both ways. Like you want someone who respects themselves. It goes back to the husband hole, calling my vagina hole. Like, sorry, only guys that have husband potential get in there. And that's not me trying to bait you into being my (laughs) husband. That's me saying, no, really, like I have a standard. And I know that when someone goes in there, I get fucked up in the head Mm -hmm. because I can't help how my body connects. I don't have control over the hormones that get released when I have an orgasm when there's a penis in me. And I don't want to like you. You don't deserve it. You have too weird of a relationship with your mother. You haven't acknowledged your father's drinking problem or whatever, you know, like whatever it may be, you don't deserve to be in there. And it's not, you're a good person, but I having boundaries and man, I'm, I still struggle with it. Like you have to work so hard to, to have them because just as women, we are just conditioned to be people pleasers. It's the hardest thing to do, but I just, I would say to women out there and I'm talking to myself like six months ago, just fake it till you make it like, just pretend like you're someone with confidence, even if you don't have it yet and it will come eventually. But turning someone down that you really like because you're like, sorry, I just, I can't do it is so hard to do. And I don't know if I could do it. It took me till I was 36 before I started making these decisions. But I think this next generation of women is, yeah. Yeah. And I think we're teaching a lot of people to do that. And I think it's normal to look at most people and say, probably at their core, they're a nice person and we have fun. And I see a lot of glimpses of them being kind and honest and wonderful. But at some point you have to just say, this is bullshit. And even if it is a defense mechanism, the way that they're acting, I had somebody I really cared about that I thought the world of in a lot of ways, not the world of, I really liked him. And he said, I I act so shitty to you because it's a defense mechanism. And I was like, that doesn't make it better. I don't care that you're so damaged. Why should I be all fucked up? because of Okay, this. good. You found the source of it. Now go figure out a way to control yeah, it. To stop and not, doing it, yeah. Yes, to stop I, doing it because, yeah, it's it's one thing to, to be able to trace it and go, because it's my, I got hurt before and it's like, oh, let me lick your wounds. No. Yes. Okay, so, I see you got the source of it. Good job. That's great. That's a first step, but that's not enough to like actually alleviate right. it, which I wish it was, but it's just not. I just love that like you have kind of made these boundaries for yourself based on the way that you know yourself and how things make you feel. We talked to Sham Budram about this recently with her fuck buddy who became her husband. She was like, I had this rule that was like no sleepovers because I knew that it would make me feel closer to them. So she was like, when we were fucking, I had all these boundaries for self-preservation because we were like, how do you not fall for somebody that you're having regular sex with? And like, I slept with someone recently and I just left. I just, we didn't spend the night together. We didn't wake up together. And I told Raina, like I felt so much less connected to him. And I was thinking about a guy that I slept before that where we like woke up together and it feels so intimate. Like, and it's like you want it, but it's like, if you cannot do it, then you, I I don't know, all these things, it's nice to know what makes you feel a certain way, what makes you feel close to somebody if you're trying not to do that. It's almost like drinking. Like I can't just have one drink. Uh, the person in me that goes, I'm going to have one drink, gets one drink in them and gets a little drunk. And then that person's like, have another. And it's the same with dick. 
or with crushes. Like I just have to have good boundaries for myself and like have hard lines, even though, man, I want to sleep with someone right away. It feels so good. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's not like I'm not having sex with people because it doesn't feel good. I want to so bad, but just because you want something does not mean it's good enough reason to do it. I love the parallels of drinking here. Cause for me, it just really works. Well, for me, I'm like a, I'm a moderate drinker and I, I, of course you want to have another drink, but I know how it's going to make me feel in the morning. So I'm able to not do it. I mean, it's it's the same. I want it. Yeah. I want it. Just like, I want to fuck this dude. Yeah. You want to like wake up with somebody and like cuddle up. But I think we are raised to believe like I want it is enough. And it's like, I want it. And people just, I think that sometimes that gets in our heads, but I just self-care. Like there's this blurry line of like, take care of yourself, take a nap if you want it. Cause I always feel guilty about naps. I haven't earned a nap, but it's like, but I want it. And that should be reason enough. It's hard for me sometimes to navigate between do I deserve it? Is this self-care or is this me just being overindulgent? Do you guys struggle with that as well? well I think it's a, like taking care of yourself for the next day, the next, like mm. a, we talked about this with Dr. Amen even of like, yeah, you want to like eat the whole oh, pizza, but like, you know, it'll make you feel like shit. So it's not about depriving yourself. It's about knowing it's about taking care of your next self. It's about like, I know I'll feel like shit tomorrow, or I know this will make me feel right. attached to this person. That's not right for me. So to me, it's not about deprivation or feeling like you don't deserve something. When I'm moderate my behavior and I don't do something that I want in the moment. It's because I know my future self will regret it and I'll feel like shit. So that's kind of what it's healthy. Yeah. I I get off on deprivation. I can get like, Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. I I need instant gratification. I want a glass of wine at home, which will turn into two glasses, which will turn into smoking weed. And then I'll eat and then I'll eat really late. I'll be mad at myself. I'll wake up. I won't work out. I'll text somebody I shouldn't have texted. And to me, I've tried to work on the fact that the short-term gratification I get from how good it fucking feels to do something bad does not outweigh how bad the long-term feeling is going to be for me. Yes. It's just, it feels so good to tap into that in the moment. Oh my God. And that text to that toxic ex, oh, it feels so good. But I'm going to feel so so good. And you know that that one glass is going to let you do all those things. Like, even though you don't know it, there's a part of you that that subconsciously that's like, if I get to do this, I might get to eat all those things I want to eat later and not feel guilt in the moment. And only later I might get to text that guy. Like you kind of set yourself up. It's that part of your brain that's saying like, have that glass. And honestly, it will just be one this time. And I think over time, I just learned that that voice, if I, you know, I open a bag of like skinny pop, I'm never not going to finish that bag of skinny pop. So I don't get to have family size bags of things in my house anymore. Everything has to be individual because I just know myself. That voice that says, just have a couple, just have a serving. I'm not a serving girl. It's like, I'm, gonna have the whole thing so I have to mod I have to protect myself locking up the liquor cabinets that's why I moved to St. Louis like I can't turn down comedy sets I can't turn down podcasts I'm addicted to work absolutely like I, I don't feel like I deserve to sleep at night unless I've worked hard enough I don't feel like I deserve to have a nice meal unless I've worked hard I have to, everything is punitive for me and so protect myself from overworking which will lead to exhaustion which will lead to me overeating over all the things mm-hmm. I really felt like when I moved back to St. Louis I was like oh wow I'm in a place where I've literally locked the liquor cabinet when it comes to work like I can't do sets every night I can't do podcasts every day I mean with Zoom it's made it a little bit easier but being in New York Island when I go there for just four days it's hell because I can't say no to things I just have to do and there's something good about that when I'm getting ready for special and or when you just have the energy for it but I'm 38 now and I kind of just like to watch tv at night sometimes and just go to bed self-care and also overindulgence it's all very fraught it's 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 tough being a girl 
do you feel like the St. Louis moving back like helped a lot? Are you, are you able to be like, I'm allowed to watch TV and veg out and like, it doesn't mean I'm missing opportunities. Like I, it's therapeutic. I thought my biggest, I think what, what I've learned from removing myself from New York or LA, which was very hard to do because if I see on Instagram, people hanging out, doing things, working, getting sets, like Mm -hmm. I will get triggered. Like you're a piece of shit. You didn't work hard enough. They're going to eclipse you. They're going to get better than you because this is true. If someone's getting on stage and you're not, they're going to the gym and you're not. It's essentially a gem. And so I feel like I'm falling behind. That girl's younger than me. She's going to be funnier than me. They're going to forget about me. Mm-hmm. But I've realized that like when I see pictures of like the scene hangouts in New York that I used to be a part of and I just kind of go, I had my fun. Like that other feeling of like, it's okay. It doesn't hurt as much as I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Just like muting someone on Instagram that triggers me. Like I always think that some sometimes, you know, there's a certain people on Instagram when they're successful or they look a certain way, their lives are killing it. And you just feel so sad every time you see their post. I now mute those people because I thought in the past that if I mute them, I'll still think about them. I'll still know they're there. No, you won't. It won't help. You really truly forget they exist. They cease to exist. We talk about it's this all wild. the time. Yeah. It really works. Yeah. I really want women to know this. Like, I know you think you, you will still think about Kendall Jenner's body if you stop following her. You won't. No. You really won't. She will, if you stop looking at the Daily Mail, if you stop looking at Demois and reading about people, if you stop following these people that trigger you, just try it out. And I, and you'll see, I've muted people like friends of mine and I've like missed out on them getting engaged, having a baby. (laughs) I don't exist. them. And they don't exist. I mean, I don't know anything about the Kardashians till it comes up in like another news source. Yes. It's just, it's a personal thing. I don't need to know what's going on in their lives and they don't trigger me in any way. I just don't care. Yes. If you have any body dysmorphia, if you feel bad about the way you look, I cannot encourage unfollowing all these influencers. They're not trying to make you feel bad, but they do make me feel bad. They They do. They make me feel bad about how their bodies look, their outfits, how they're able to carry themselves, how they're able to dress. It it just makes me feel bad. I just know it does. And you think it won't work. I just want to say that I used to be of the mind of like, I'll still think about them. I'll still know they're there. But I swear to God, there used to be one girl that used to trigger me so much. It was like I was cutting every day looking at her. I mean, it would send me into a depression and I unfollowed her thinking, let me just try this, you know, and I'll probably follow her tomorrow. It was within a day. (laughs) I, I couldn't believe it was a year later that someone brought up her name and I was like, I used to spend so much fucking energy and I forgot she existed and she's still just as beautiful. Her body's still just as fucking tight and tiny and it's 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 out there and yet it affects me none. So just try it. It really is such a freeing thing and like what you're capable of if you're not comparing yourself. You guys are both muted for me, by the way. You're too successful. I'm just kidding. You're not. You're not. He's like, I'm just kidding. But I've been tempted. I've been tempted. You guys do look very beautiful and you seem to be having a lot of fun and you're selling out shows and it is triggering. I can't even get through your intro when you're on this show because it's three hours. You know that I like looked up to Nikki so much when we actually became friends. I was like, I can't believe we're friends. I, I don't oh know my if God. we're friends. I don't know if you'd we consider No, friends. absolutely <laughs> friends. What? Yes. I just don't remember you sitting on the side of the stage at the Gramercy Theater. Oh my God. And, and I, I was just, talking and you laughed and I was like, is Nikki Cruz like, sitting on the Oh, I love you guys are so freaking funny and so good. I whenever I do your podcast, I'm just sitting here like absorbing how good of host you are. Like it really is so impressive. You are, you are truly, I look up to you. Like your success does make me jealous at times. I'm not going to lie. And it makes me compare myself and all of these things. And I zoom in on your outfits and your hair and like everything gets, (laughs) you definitely trigger me, but it, it, it always makes me feel like this is better for me. Like it 
makes me feel that thing of like their success is my success. It really does. And it's, it's a healthy jealousy. So you will never get muted by me. Well, we think that you're like one of the few that really does like lift up other women. And you did it with us so much. It was just like unexpected and so nice that you'll we tell everybody that say nice things about oh, people thank your you. story or back on your radio show and things like that. So I'm glad we talked about it. Yeah, yeah me too. Is there a few just like days? burning questions? Yeah, that we could try to do like, mm. okay. We could like rapid fire some fucking yeah, love stuff. It. Let's yeah. not like get into it so deep. But okay, we'll okay. yes, yes, yes. People are dying to know. I want to just ping pong. Yeah, okay. I have a few personal ones. You do. Okay. Nikki, is Benedict a good comic? Do you like him as a comedian? Yeah, I think he's hilarious. I haven't okay. seen his stand-up, but I think all of his stuff on the show, I'm like, oh my God, that's such a good line. I'm almost getting jealous. Like well, I almost I was like, need to meet Benedict. Did you guys vibe at all? Like, No, you know, I tried to like make it... I, I'll say this. I do not connect with any of the guys that go all the way to the end. I have True. the least connection with those yeah. guys because I'm not allowed to really talk to them outside of like the elimination ceremonies as a friend because it's just... Too, you try to keep producers separate from the yeah. the guys. The guys that I'm best... Like the most friendly with are always the guys that get eliminated because as soon as they get eliminated, they get senses of humor. They stop taking this show so seriously. You uh-huh. know, they're able to like, you know, loosen up and I'm able to talk to them. So um, I really like Benedict though. And I think he's actually going to be one of these guys like Theo Vaughn who like started in reality TV. Yes, and you go, I love that Did comparison. you know Benedict? Yes. Whatever his last <laughs> name is was on F-Boy Island. It's like, I think call. we're going to say that of him someday. Oh People forget Theo was on the real yes, world. Yes, I know. Like, it's so funny. Yeah, and um, Christina Pazitsky too. Real world, you know, like... Oh, yeah. Road rules. God, she was on, yeah. They were both on road rules, but we forget that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, my question, bigot, well, everybody's question. So people did want to know if you fucked any of the contestants. So I guess that no. kind of answers it. Um. No. So we'll go to the next one. Um. Biggest shock at boy who thought was a nice guy. Kian was a huge shock for me because he's just so Southern, so nice, which is like, I love you girls. He was just like kind of like their big brother. So that was a shock. But I really was shocked when Garrett took the money at the end of season one. I really believed him. And I even had like told Sarah, I think you should choose Garrett because she wasn't as into Josh. I didn't want her to choose Josh just because he's a nice guy and he's safe. Like follow your heart, follow your pussy, like follow what you actually want and take a risk. And I didn't, I just couldn't believe he was that good of an actor. I really was shocked. I mean, you watch season one and you're like, everybody, I'm screaming at the television. He's a bad guy. And then he had that girl come on. He had his ex, just you guys haven't seen it. Allegedly, yeah. his ex come on and say he's a nice guy, which all seemed like a lie as well. I know. I thought she was in on it. I didn't trust her at all. And I, But I really trusted him, I think. And I still like him. Like, I still believe he can change. Like, he's really, he's hilarious. He's just, look at him. He's ridiculous. He's so beautiful. And he has a good sense of humor about himself. A lot of these guys take themselves too seriously. They yes. don't like to be mocked. He always allowed it. He's a or- Russian orphan. I just have some, there's something very interesting about that for me. He wasn't touched as a child or hugged or like coddled, which can really fuck someone up. So I have this like kind of leniency with him and an him orphan? and Sarah are cool now. Yeah. He was sad. a Russian orphan. I know. And Russian orphan, he wasn't touched as a child and like he's been through a lot. And so yeah, that's I don't know. I, I just have an affection for him that, um, and he's just, and he has a sense of humor about himself. There are some people that like you don't date, but you could be good for friends with. I have a really good friend like that. I'm not going to fucking date him. He's a great friend. Yeah, we have friends that are fuckboys. Because 
Casey is friends with Garrett, that that makes him an F boy because that's a huge level of contention of like, he can't be trusted because he's friends with Garrett. I thought it was a huge storyline and it was very interesting. I, I do think there's a level of you are the company that you keep. Of course, I, I just, I don't have friends in my life that I think treat people really poorly and are really bad to others. Yes, and I can exactly. say that pretty confidently looking at all my friends. Is it a huge deal breaker? I don't know. If maybe that's your best friend in the world. If I'm dating a guy and their best friend in the world is like a really shitty person, I, I would have a hard time with it. I also just like, are you a shitty person through and through? Or are you just an asshole in the dating world? Because you, I'll you just, know, yeah. I'll say that Garrett, the time I ran into him after the first season, he was with Josh, CJ, and Sarah out at a night to go watch comedy. So they're all friends now. So the people that Garrett has so badly hurt have now accepted him back. I'm allowed to like him as well. So I'll just say that I, I think he's won over everyone. I also think there's a level of being on TV. It's reality TV. It's There's so many people that will openly admit like I was playing a part. It's what yeah. I you know went in to do. Yeah. Okay, I really do want to know the limbro. Like clearly they don't sleep. <laughs> No, and they that, don't sleep there. Do they sleep in the house with the They no, they they are put at a hotel, but it is not nice combinations. Like the nice good. guys are okay, actually good. who eliminated are at a better hotel and the F boys are at like a, a a lesser. Okay. You know. All right. We'd love to hear it. We wanted to know, we talked with you a little offline um, just because we loved so many of your jokes. We didn't, we wanted more and we, you're truly the best part of the show. I mean, it's what dating reality shows have needed is Nikki Glaser this whole time. Like it's just, Aww. so we just loved your jokes, but you said they probably cut like so many. I mean, is there any that you were- So many. Especially disappointed they cut or- Well, let me just read you like a script- this is like, so every time the guys would walk in, they would look so sad. Like these, all these guys just like wearing their shirts with like two buttons buttoned, greased up <laughs> and like bandanas and scarves in like 90 degree weather. So much jewelry and like accessories. So many accessories. And they all are wearing these dumb beaded necklaces that are microphones. So just know whenever earrings. you see a... I'm, glad, um, I'm so glad the necklaces came up. Okay, thank you. Yes, those are microphones. So I next season, I'm going to call that out early because I don't want people at home being like, why are they all wearing these weird wood beaded necklaces. Um, okay, so they walk out like sad. So every time, every elimination, they'd walk out and I'd go, I'd just go through a million of these. I go, you guys look sad. Did they ban nudes on OnlyFans again? You guys look like you're ready to give up. Don't treat this like you're finding a clit. Don't ever give up. <laughs> You guys look like you just found out that Snapchats can be saved. You guys look like you just found out that Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift was not inspired by actual events. Have you guys shown these women as much attention as you've shown your reflection at 24 Hour Fitness? You guys look so nervous. Is this an elimination or the waiting room of, of an STD clinic? Uh, did you, oh, wait, that's, God, you guys look sad. Name. Did Joe Rogan get canceled again? <laughs> Did you all just get an I'm late text from your secret girlfriends back home? Did you guys just all find out that jerking off isn't keto? God, you guys should have been this nervous before you got your tattoos. Why do you guys look so sad? Did the rocket me too? <laughs> and then, yeah, so it's all just like, uh, Casey, you guys seem nervous. Like you're in competition with the hottest guy from last season. Oh, wait, you are. <laughs> like just talking about Casey. You guys look upset. You look you've, like you found out your new protein powder has more of the carbs than your last protein powder. And now you have to drive back to GNC to exchange it for the right one and you're like fuck the Big Ten Championship football game is about to start and you bet eight grand on the coin toss and you don't know what to do and you're scared that Andrew wrote that one and I was like I can't memorize that man I don't know what any of those we words bring, are we bring Andrew Collin out to read it Andrew so, Collin I just feel like this should have been part of the show like I just
just feel like every like time bloopers? they, they should know, like this should have been a thing that we anticipated every time. Like we know when they walk out that Nikki's going to say this thing. Like that's, it's something to look forward I know. to. I feel like I, this is a missed opportunity on the production side that like, this wouldn't have been like a thing. Like what's yes. she going to say next? And it just gets more and more outlandish as the season goes on. Yeah. It's not uh, network television. Like now's the opportunity. I yeah. loved it when they were doing body casting and Mercedes was like, what part of my body do you want to cast? And Louise was like, your dick. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I love Yes, me too. She just said dick. I know. I know, I loved I, it. I, I have to have a talk with, I, the problem is we just can't fit it all. Yeah. But the show is so funny, like that one date where they, she, Tamaris went on a date with Aaron and they were like, this date's really boring. So, boring, so we're just going to yeah. show you abs. I would like next time for them to be like, we're just going to show Nikki roasting guys from last elimination. Like instead of abs, let's put it there. It's 100%. It's really hard though with my own reality show as well. Like reality and comedy do not mix. And this is the first attempt at actually doing it. We're still trying to get the ingredients right. And as an EP, I'm going to take a stronger role in being like, no, we we must get more comedy through next time around. I think I just was too busy this time to actually have a hand in that. And they, and they tried their best. I mean, you're dealing with HBO who's giving notes and we need people to be louder about what they want from this. We'll do it. It's, we'll write a letter. Yeah, we'll write a letter. I Thank mean, it's you. still a giant leap forward in terms of all dating reality shows. Yeah, chuckle fuckers. You Nikki, said chuckle when, fuckers on television. When you said chuckle. I know, I got it. I got it. And then when they were like, "Does did I post this? Or, you yeah, did. I posted it and I said, this hits different. And yes, how it was like, they were like, well, do you get chuckle fuckers, Nikki? And you were like, no. no. <laughs> Men do not like female the comics because we you, talk. They were so excited to hear about all the guys that want to fuck us because we do stand-up comedy. They were like, well, what about you? And you no. Like, <laughs> you were like, it's it quite the opposite, the ladies. Literally the opposite. The more famous I get, the more my stock goes down. You talking to them about com- comedians was my favorite scene of the whole show. Thank you. Ali Wong talks about it in the first two minutes of Don Wong and I was like texting Ashley from the hotel room and I was like, you gotta watch this. They don't like us. It's not the same. <laughs> um, Nikki, tell everybody every place that people can yes, find F-Boy you. Yes, Island, HBO Max, streaming now for season, uh, first and second season. And then my special Good Clean Filth, uh, New Hour special just came out also on HBO Max. So I have good. Netflix stuff. And then I have a daily podcast I do Monday through Thursday with Andrew Collin, who you know from Girls Gotta Eat, called the Nikki Glazer Podcast. And then I'm also on tour all over the place, including Europe. So if you want to check out those dates, go to NikkiGlazer.com. Thank oh you. Oh my God, Nikki. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you guys so much. It's so good hanging out. And for us, you guys can head to vibesonly.com to shop for vibrators, blowjob gel, all the things. Download the app, the Vibes Only app, and follow on Instagram and Twitter at Vibes Only. Girlsgottaeatpodcast.com is where you'll find everything related to the podcast. Girls Gotta Eat Podcast on Instagram. Girls underscore Gotta Eat on Twitter. I am Ash Hess on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Raina is Raina.Greenberg on Instagram. And I think that's it. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye. 